Cinema Vino is brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox is a great way to spoil your pet at an affordable price. Sign up, and every month you'll get a fresh box of treats and chew toys, all specifically matched to your dog's size, weight, and health. Go to www.barkbox.com slash cinemavino to get one month of free goodies on a multi-length plan. That's $35 worth of presents for your pup just for signing up at www.barkbox.com slash cinemavino. Cinema Vino. We are continuing our uh, Oscar Best Picture Onslaught. This is a gauntlet that we're running tonight. Best Picture Onslaught. I like that. Yeah, it's Woo. an onslaught of prestige movies. We got Sean Jordan. Howdy. And Travis Bud. Hey, I'm also here. Ravs Tud. And my name is Todd Wofford, and it's good to have you guys here. Uh, I just I got soup on my shirt. Yeah, same. Uh, so There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> There's a soup on my shirt. And this should be good for you guys because you listen to this stuff on successive days, but we are just getting drunker by the episode. So um, <laughs> Listen to these episodes the way that we intended. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah. It's like you're going to eventually catch us like three or four glasses of wine in, and it's going to be just a hoot nanny. Uh, for this episode, we're still finishing Actually, off. Actually, that's the name of my uh, my aunt's bluegrass band is the Hoot Nannies. Is it really? Yeah, it is. I like that. Yep. I like that name. Um, Spotify? I think they are on Spotify. Yeah. Nice. So, Guys, give them a listen. Yeah, as are we. So if you're listening. Sean's aunt. The Hootin' Annies. The Hootin' Annies. Two words. Oh, spell it. So it's like the Hootin' Annies. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I respect the hell yeah. of that. But are they Hootin', E-N, or I-N-G? I-N, Hootin'. Like H-O-O-T-I-N, apostrophe, Annies. A-N-N-I-E-S. Yep. Yep. Got it. Plural Annies. Got it. I'm glad we worked that out. So, yeah, check them out on Spotify. While you're on there, be sure to subscribe to us and give us a big old five-star rating. So, Hey, you know what? Subscribe to the Hootenannies. Yeah, subscribe to both. <laughs> um, for this episode, we're... Uh, I know what I'm listening to on my drive home. Sorry. Continue. We're finishing our uh, Terracara wine. We're going to open up our next one here in a little bit. We'll take a little break and, and open that one. Uh, but we're talking about Women Talking, uh, another Best Picture nominee written and directed by Sarah Pauly. Men talking about women talking. Exactly. Just all the irony in the world. We apologize in advance. Yes. <laughs> um, but this was nominated for uh, Best Picture, Best Screenplay, and I believe Best Cinematography. Um, and a little bit of background. This movie is written and directed by Sarah Pauly uh, and features a very strong all-female cast, with the exception of Men Wishaw, who plays the lone sympathetic male in this entire like universe of people. Basically, it's like... He's the only male character we see the entire time. Yeah. Except Klaus from afar. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is based on the novel by Miriam Toes. Uh, itself was inspired by real events at the Manitoba Mennonite colony in Bolivia. This grossed $7.1 million against an unknown, but probably pretty small budget. I yeah, I can't it. imagine the budget was very big for this. This is probably single-digit million. Bolivia? Mm-hmm. Bolivian Mennonites? Well, they it, I don't know if they were Bolivian originally or if they relocated there to get further away from civilization. You know, it's it's pretty, if you're Mennonite or Amish, it's probably tougher to be a Mennonite or an Amish person around, like, in Pennsylvania or somewhere where you see civilization. There's, there's a decent amount of Mennonites in, like, Missouri. Yeah, there's some in Oklahoma, too. Yeah. There's quite a few. But to get if they're this is supposedly one of the more conservative sects of Mennonites, so they might have moved to Bolivia to get even further deep away from people. Hmm. Um, but yeah, background on this: this uh, cast includes Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, uh, Francis McDormand, Jesse Buckley, Judith Ivy, 
uh, as a group of Mennonite women at a remote sect who finds themselves the victims of systemic rape and violence. When they're asked to forgive their attackers and to move on with their lives, the women convene in the loft of the barn to discuss their options, which basically coalesce around three different choices. They can stay and do nothing, they can stay and fight the men, or they can leave and face permanent exile. Uh, basically, a heated debate ensues between the women on these three options. Uh, the, a male character who was exiled and returned, played by Ben Wishaw, acts as basically a secretary taking down the minutes because the women are not allowed to learn to read or write. So he helps provide them with a, a record of what goes on at this conversation. So anyway, that's what I have for notes, and I'm curious to see what you guys thought of this movie. Travi? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it's a it's definitely a talkie, uh, obviously it's in the title. <clears throat> but it's just all these women convening in this barn to, first of all, they have their, their vote on what they decide, and none of them decide to, you know, just be quiet and stay. Well, no, several of them do, but of the two, they're tied on um, leaving or fighting. Um, personally, for me, I've seen a lot of Quentin Tarantino films. I'm like, oh, so they find out they're uh, drugged with cow tranquilizer. I'm sure all of these offending men have women in their house that cook for them. Give all the offending men the cow tranquilizer, take them all out, and, you know, let's go... Let's go in glory okay. bastards yeah, on these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know. That would be Quentin Tarantino's version of this movie. Mm-hmm. These gals haven't seen a Quentin Tarantino movie. They, they don't own a Blu-ray player. Yeah. And poor they are for it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, I love Claire Foy and, and Rooney Mara. Always excellent roles uh, in everything I've seen them in. Um, what, who was it? Sheila McCarthy, I want to say. Yeah, Sheila McCarthy played Greta, the gal always taking out her teeth. Um, <laughs> she was really good. Yeah, she was great. Always loved uh, trying to equate everything to her two horses. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, that, that broke my heart at the end when they were like, oh, no, Klaus is back. Oh, no, he's got, uh, damn it, I forgot the horses' names. but Ruth and Cheryl. He's got Ruth and Cheryl. I'm like, the fuck he does. <laughs> like again, you were I, taking Ruth and Cheryl. Yeah, I I thought we were gonna have a Quentin Tarantino film on our hands. I thought mm-hmm. Sheila was gonna go off book and just like you know, take her teeth out of her mouth and like swing them at Klaus and say, <laughs> you know, I again, they're, they're talking about men are are nothing but violence, and here I am talking about Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, I I enjoyed this film again. This is want to be the one of those Oscar films that. I only ever watch once. This is not another one where I'm going to be like, oh, shit, yeah, it's out on Blu-ray. I got to buy it. Oh, 25th anniversary? Fuck yeah, here I go. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. I, I I like that spoiler alert. They're leaving at the end. All of these Oscar films, though, they leave you at the the uh, the a cliffhanger. They just say, all right, now they're leaving. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's see this. Where are we I'm going? See, like, I didn't want the film to end. I'm like, all right, now... We've made a decision. I want to see where it goes. And all they do is kind of show you uh, Rooney Mara's baby at the end. Like, oh, your grandmother. And like, you don't know if she lived Mm -hmm. or what, because somebody else is telling the story to the baby. I had so many more questions and I'm not going to pick up the book and read it. Yeah. But (laughs) um, I enjoyed this. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid seven and a half. Sean? Uh, Yeah. Agree. Hard agree. It's an hour 44. 
it's a very dense hour 44. It's a lot of dialogue. Um, they, it's really well written. Obviously I can't, I can't watch an hour 44 of dialogue and it not be well written because, um, just the, the way that the, the characters communicated, you know, just the way that the story was told, it was done in such an artful way that like you don't, you don't get bogged down. It doesn't feel like you're a, a bird, like a fly on the wall, like watching a conversation. It feels like they're telling a story. Yeah. They're really doing a good job of, even though most of the movie is taking place just in the loft of this barn, you know, there's a lot of complexity to it. There's a lot of like nuance and, and storytelling to it. That's really well done. And that's, you know, an attribute to the, the writing and to the filmography of it. But like you said at one point that it, it's a little overly flowery. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's where it felt a little like unbelievable that like, okay, they're not allowed to read, not allowed to write. The only thing that they know is the Bible. And somehow they're incredibly eloquent. Yes. You know, just like it, it feels like Quentin Tarantino dialogue, you know, or like, Aaron like Sorkin. you said, yeah, or Aaron Sorkin. It feels like an Aaron Sorkin movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's also a little bit of a subversion of expectations that there's no grand finale where they turn violent and they like, you know, get their revenge. It's, it is very much like, okay, they've decided to leave. They're leaving. Yeah. Here they go. Yeah. Here they go. That's it. That's the movie. Bye. I wanted to see like, the oh. men suffer at the end and be well, like, and oh, I, shit. I think that's, what did we do? That's, that's their great subversion is like, they, you expect there to be action. You expect there to be like a grandstand of, you know, there's going to be a, a bunch of men in the way trying to keep them from leaving the colony and they have to rise up and, and defend themselves and their actions. No, they just leave. And that's one of the points they raise in that discussion is that we are a, we are pacifists. You know, we've been taught to believe that pacifism is the way to be. And so if we stay and we fight, we are basically forsaking everything that we believe in. Yeah. You know, it's a really poignant movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very much, how do you deal with that challenge to your beliefs to where you have to either follow the teachings that you've been like handed to you all your life or defend yourself from this just absolutely abhorrent assault on your body and other people's body and your daughter's bodies and your dignity and everything else. Yeah. And, and it also goes into, okay, we're going to take the children. Any, any of the, any of the boys who are under 15, like, are they capable of committing? Like there's this whole dialogue of, are these boys capable of committing these acts upon us? Are we safe if we take them with us? Yeah. And they ask the teacher, like, are these boys, they're 13, 14. Are they, are we safe if we take them with us? And he says, it depends. Yeah. You know, yes, they're capable of, of great evil. They're capable of, you know, a lot that is going to make you unsafe, but to, to avoid that and to create a better society, you have to be the ones that teach them not to do that. Yeah. Has to stop somewhere. You have to be the ones that are going to make it stop because it is not their father's, who are doing it because if it were, we wouldn't be in this situation to begin with. Yeah. And this is clearly something that's been going on for a lot longer than, you know, just the recent effect or recent, you know, timeline of this movie. And it, it speaks to when you have these isolated, uh, cultures that just completely isolate themselves, you know, and insulate themselves away from society is you get 
this, it's like, it, it is like a cult, you know, when you're insulated like that, someone can take advantage and you don't have a way out. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just really interesting to see that dynamic play out and how dialogue driven it was and how well written the conversations were and just the different personalities that were played out so well. So you got like the old lady who's just like trying to fight, but she can't cause she's old and you got like the, you know, the, the few women you got Francis McDormand or not Francis McDormand, um, Francis McDonald. Is that her name? Yeah. McDormand. You're McDormand. right. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she wanted to stay. She just wanted to, to apologize and just, you know, not do anything. Not rock the boat. Yeah, not rock the boat. Just like live by her her principles that she's always been taught. Scarface Jans. Scarface Jans. What a great fucking name. Yeah. Oh. Obviously a terribly earned nickname, but still, that sounds like one of those old West nicknames of like, you know, a cool character in a movie. Almost like a Tarantino Western like that. Yeah. That's Scarface Jans. Yeah. Oh, I kept wondering like why they don't take the, the male teacher with them. If he's, they're he's like, male. we want to be, th- be able to think. We want to read, like, he clearly doesn't want to be there. Fuck that. Take him with you and be like, all right, are, are you going to stay here and teach the, the men? And he goes, oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, we could take you and you could teach our women, mm-hmm. our girls. I totally thought I, it made sense to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it made sense that they um, let him stay and because they even had a whole conversation of just like, you have to stay, you have to teach the boys, you have to be the one that teaches them how to be better. Um, and then there's the whole side plot and the kind of climax and spoilers that he was going to try to kill himself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so that was really dramatic. But all in all, I, I thought it was a really good movie. I would not go back and watch it again, you know. Maybe for another 10 years. Very grim. Maybe. Very grim, very hard to watch, but um, very poignant. I'd give it a eight. 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 Yeah. Not nearly enough Francis McDormand. We said that right at, at the beginning before we started filming. We were like, the fuck? Not enough Scarface Jans. Yeah. Scarface Jans. Mm-hmm. Need her. <clears throat> yeah. She pieced out like way early, and we were like, oh, what the fuck? This also, um, Todd, before we get to yours, just reminds me of... There was a study done, and I don't know what kind of, of chimp or monkey or whatever it was, but there was a society where um, all these uh, aggressive males in the society ended up dying from, I don't know if, if it was um, disease or something, but most of the older males in this uh, chimp society died, and all the rest of the males were raised by all the females. And since they were raised without like violence of older males... It was a much more like prolific uh, colony or or group, and they didn't have nearly as much infighting or anything like that. And they were like, "Oh, this is interesting. This, it was more collaborative. This, yeah, yeah, as a much more loving group of chimps, monkeys, whatever their their whole habitat, and they thrived from that." I'm like, "Oh, this makes sense." They all the women are like, "Fuck all these violent fucks. We're getting out of here with our women, and we're gonna raise them as this and raise the boys in this environment." And it will be much more loving and better for it. Yeah, it's like the Ben Whishaw character says to me. It's like it's a, it's a, paraphrasing him. It's like it's a cycle that has to stop. Right. You know, so it has to stop somewhere. So and people have to literally make an effort to stop it. So leaving the kids that are thirteen, fourteen there is not you know not a step in the right direction. Yeah. Take you have to take them and rehabilitate them basically. Teach um, them well and let them lead the way. <laughs> exactly as as a wise woman once said. 
Um, but for me, as the title suggests, I didn't love this movie like you guys did. Um, the film drowns in an avalanche of dialogue. And it seems like Sarah Pauly, the writer, often molds the dialogue into something that's very meticulously like constructed and even kind of flowery. Every word seems snapped into place, like it, it's deliberately put there. Which it makes for beautiful writing, but it also makes for clunky dialogue because it's unbelievable. It sounds like not how people naturally speak, especially people in this situation who are traumatized and you know, it seemed like there would be a lot more almost anger to the point of fumbling over your words kind of a thing. Like a situation like this where it's like not only are you trying to sort out what's happened to you, but you're trying to sort out your future and the future of your kids, it seems like it, the, the words would not come so easily and quickly. It, this would be a much more stressful, awkward situation. It would feel, it would be more, the dialogue would be more raw, I think. Yeah. In reality. You can definitely see that, yeah. So it comes across as very theatrical. It comes across as a, a deliberately constructed stage play to me, especially because it takes place primarily in one setting. It does. It feels like a stage play, right? Yeah. It feels like it's it's like a one act play. Yes. And so to me, this blunted some of the impact of the story. I wanted to like this movie more than I did. I'm very sympathetic to the 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 subject matter, the material, and the message of the movie. This is a message movie, and I'm sympathetic to the message. I wanted to like it more than I did. It just didn't hit me that hard. And another thing, I don't like the dreamy, breathy voiceover narration that cuts the movie. It makes it feel even more written. You know, it makes it feel like it's, it, it screams that it's being derived from a book. So voiceover narration is a very difficult thing to pull off in a movie. Very few movies pull it off. Do you prefer the uh, no voiceover Blade Runner cut? <laughs> I, I mean, I think that the recut of Blade Runner actually improves. And, and everything they did... And with the, the voiceover yes, improves? Okay. It helps it. Um, but it gives for, it a noir detective feel. Yes, for every movie like that, there's 20 that have bad voiceover narration. I will say, uh, we didn't talk about this, it's got a little bit of the village in there. Whenever the the teacher is talking to the gal doing the little the pail of water and he starts talking about World War II, I'm like, wait, when the fuck is this like set? Mm-hmm. And then and you get the right 2010 census. Right yeah, and then they're talking about the 2010 census. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where? What? Are these? Like, I just didn't know if they were the Amish or what. Like, honestly, I don't know enough about Mennonites or the Amish to... No one way or the other. I was like, where the fuck are I these I think people? Mennonites are Amish light. Like they're, diet Amish. They're, they're diet Amish. They yeah. can be. I think this, this, these people are on level with Amish. Yeah, I think the, the, the Mennonites can use vehicles. Um, and they'll also use power tools if they're under the supervision of the English, which is us. Yeah. And I think they can use like zippers and stuff like that too because Amish people don't use zippers. Don't use zippers. It's a band. It's the devil's joiner. All I know Buttons about Mennonites is, Buttons and buckles. Is, is from Letter Kenny, which is probably not the <laughs> Not a not good source. Yeah. Once. <laughs> Love um, a dick. But, yeah, the acting in this movie is phenomenal. The cinematography is, is incredible, too. Um, the subject matter is extremely relevant, unfortunately. Um, it's definitely also on the wave of Me Too. There have been a lot of Me Too movies that have emerged in the wake of that movement. Um, I admired this movie and I appreciate the intentions behind it more than I actually liked the movie itself. Can we get Quentin Tarantino to direct a third act? Think of <laughs> Francis McDormand, Scarface, Scarface Jans. with an axe. To, no, a fucking sickle into some dude's face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, and that's the thing. It's like it makes you want, crave like some punishment for these. Absolution. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's galvanizing. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been conditioned by movies to expect that of like, 
you know, kind of the, the Tarantinos of the world. Like these these guys are assholes and need to be wiped out. Yeah. I want I want Eli Roth as the bear Jew popping, you know, hitting the, <laughs> the baseball bat through the tunnel coming out. <laughs> yeah, all the, all those Mennonites be running. Yep. Um sorry, I'm just saying Mennonites be running. Man, a Quentin Tarantino mood tonight. Yeah, apparently. Uh, I won't me, I will not apologize for it. Um I weigh between six, six and a half out of ten. I'd say maybe six and a half. Um so like six point two five. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah. But yeah, and I'll be curious to see if it wins anything. It may win screenplay. Screenplay looks better on paper than it does in the movie. Mm. Yeah, screenplay was good. What? So it was nominated for best picture, screenplay, and what else? I want to say cinematography. It's nominated for like three, maybe four Oscars. Okay, and the cinematography didn't stand out to me as much as like other movies did. And I think just having watched them all, like the best picture nominees in succession, it's like the they all are good looking movies. They're yeah, all pretty attractive. For sure. Um, I just finished the movie Ego, which is a Polish movie up for Best International Feature, and it's it's, it's a very striking, colorful movie. Yeah, they're like a Midwest 10, which is like a Hollywood 7. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but this has been another episode of Cinema Vino. Uh, we got Brad Stud. Yep. Sean Jordan. John Shorten. And my name is Todd Wofford. T-Wiff. And next, oh, waffle. next episode, we're talking about the Fablemans. Uh, and you, and I think we'll, we'll flip our opinions on this. Um, I think I enjoyed. I think that we'll be a little less synced up here. Yeah, it's okay. But great movies, drunker, everything. So everything bagel. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You think our website is at cinemavino.net. And reviews of these films can be found at toddwaffordmovies.com.